0: I'm going to read the passage first um, and then we're going to begin. So it's John's Gospel, chapter 16. It's Jesus talking uh, just after the Last Supper, just as we're reading this just after the Last Supper. uh, From verse 4, chapter 16, verse 4. Jesus says, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I'm really sorry that I've come late to the show because you, in the last few weeks, you've been thinking about the generosity of God, haven't you? Yes, yeah, some of you actually remember, which is wonderful. <laughs> God is an incredibly generous God, except it's not incredible. It really is possible to believe it. Look at the cross. See how generous God is. And in these last few weeks, you've talked about the fact that God is so generous. He gave us life. We're alive. He gave us Jesus, he sent his son. He gave us salvation, Jesus went to the cross and rose again. And today we're thinking about God's generosity in giving us the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus is talking about in these verses we've just been reading. There's also, it's also a topic that Paul, the Apostle Paul, is very excited about, of course. Because he's also excited about God's generosity. Listen to this, something that the Apostle Paul says. God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Just listen to that and mull on that. Think about that. God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Can you hear the generosity there? He's poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. And one of the great promises of the New Testament is that when someone becomes a Christian, when someone turns from their sin and puts their trust in Jesus, they're forgiven and the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit comes in. And when Paul talks about the fact that God's poured his love into our hearts, that may well mean that we get the sense that we are loved by God, but it definitely means that we start wanting to love God. He's poured a love for himself into our hearts because we're just so overwhelmed by his generosity. Why me? Why did he love us? That we want to love him. So that's what we're thinking about, the Holy Spirit living inside our hearts. Let's be looking then at these words that Jesus says in chapter 16 of John's Gospel from verse 4 onwards. And as we, do, as we look at these words for a few minutes, can I ask you to do two things at once? Please, while you are listening and reading, please be praying as well. Not just, Lord, please stop him. <laughs> that is a guilty laugh. You, some of you had already started. But you can be, we can be worshipping the Lord while we're reading and listening, can't we? You can be saying to the Lord now, Lord, thank you for your generosity. Let me experience the Spirit more in my life. Do you want to do it? So Jesus tells us three things that the Spirit will do when he comes, and he has come. He's living inside all of us here who have turned from our sins and put our trust in Jesus. Firstly, in verses 4 to 7, the Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. The Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. Verse 4, I have told you this. He's just been telling the the apostles about opposition that's going to come. There's going to be persecution. Persecution. So that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. That's God the Father. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Now, here it comes. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, you've already heard this because... Lou has already preached this part of the sermon, which is wonderful, so we're getting this twice. But what Jesus is basically saying here in verse 7 especially, he's saying the Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. And look at verse 7, please. You will see Lou mentioned it at the beginning of the service. He says it's for your good that I am going away and then i'm going to send the spirit why is it better that the spirit is here than that jesus is physically here we've heard it but i'm going to say it again because it's great if jesus had after his resurrection had stayed here on earth physically then he would have been limited to only one place because he's 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 the, the eternal son of god but he's also a human being he has a body he's in one place so if he'd stayed living on this on this earth physically, it would have meant that if you and I want to have fellowship with Jesus, we would have to go to wherever he was Jerusalem, Bogna Regis, wherever. We'd have had to we most of the time we could not have had contact with Jesus. So Jesus says, Look, I've got something wonderful for you. After my resurrection I'm going to go back to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and then he'll be everywhere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere and the Holy Spirit is living in every Christian. So he's bringing the presence of Jesus. Is, is that good news or is that good news? You're, you're right. This is phenomenal stuff. The Holy Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. And that's what the Apostle Paul says. The, 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 in the letter to the Romans, the great chapter about the, the coming of the Holy Spirit uh, is chapter 8. And Paul writes this in the letter to the Romans. You, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. The spirit you received brought you the adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 15. What he's saying is that if you've got the Holy Spirit living inside you, and you have got the Holy Spirit living inside you, if you've turned from your sins and you're trusting in Jesus, then you are now in a relationship with God where you can call God Father. Because the Spirit is living in you. The presence of Jesus is there, and therefore you can call his Father your Father. Do you call God Father? This is actually a difficult thing for some of us because some of us have had bad experiences with our own earthly father. Maybe your uh, uh, earthly father neglected you or abused you or maybe he just wasn't there. But please remember the kind of fatherhood we're talking about here when we're talking about God as our father is a perfect fatherhood. He loves you. Do you know the four love sentences? These are wonderful things. God will never love you less than he loves you today. God cannot love you more than he loves you today. God will never stop loving you. And here's my favorite. He never started loving you. Because he has always loved you, eternally. So you can call this great God, Father, because you are forgiven and because the Spirit is living in you, he brings the presence of Jesus. This is great good news. That verse I quoted from Romans 8 is Romans 8, verse 15. It's wonderful. By him we call, we cry, Abba, Father. That's the first thing. The Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. Are you glad? Do you want to lift your heart now to Jesus and say thank you? That the Spirit is living in me, bringing your presence? be great if we filled this place with worship. Secondly, Jesus says the Spirit spreads the message of Jesus. Verses 8 to 11. Look at verse 8. When he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. What Jesus is saying here is to the apostles and to Christians as a whole, when you spread my message, the Holy Spirit will be spreading it too. You're not going to be doing it on your own. The Holy Spirit spreads my message. And he mentions specifically in verse 8, sin, righteousness and judgment. He needs to make these three things particularly clear to everyone. And he explains what he means by that. Verse 9, about sin, because people do not believe in me. A lot of people think Jesus is an optional extra. I meet people who say, well, I believe in God, I don't need Jesus. Oh, wow, you do. Because only through Jesus can you have forgiveness. Only Jesus can you come into this relationship where you can call the creator father. And a great sin is not to believe in Jesus. Jesus mentions righteousness. That's there in verse 10 about righteousness. Because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer. The Jewish leaders thought that Jesus was not righteous. They thought he was a sinner. They thought he was a bad guy. And Jesus wants to teach us, or the Holy Spirit will teach us, that Jesus is actually righteous, completely righteous. He is the righteous one, the only one who is fully righteous, which is why he's the only one who could die on the cross for our sins. And then the Holy Spirit also wants to convince the world about judgment. Verse 11, about judgment, because the prince of this world, that's the devil, Satan, now stands condemned. People were making wrong judgments about Jesus. People were making wrong judgments about what life is about. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to help people to make right judgments. And they're going to find they can do that when they realize that that Satan has been defeated through my cross and through my resurrection the spirit spreads the message of jesus that is great good news can i just say if you're a christian if you've turned from your sins and put a, put your trust in jesus the holy spirit has already done that in your life he's spread the message to you and he's brought you to faith in jesus in other words you are a miracle God has done a miracle of new creation in your heart. If the person you're sitting next to this morning is a Christian, you are sitting next to a miracle. Just turn and have a look and see what a miracle looks like. It's wonderful what God has done. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, actually, I'm not sure I am a believer in Jesus yet. I'm still thinking about it. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I've got lots of questions. I'm not sure it's true yet. I want to know more. But I understand more now than I did. That's because the Holy Spirit is spreading the message of Jesus. He's at work in your heart. You are being a miracle at the moment. He is at work. Opening your eyes, opening your heart, opening your mind. Wow. Sorry, wow is my way of saying hallelujah. This is staggering stuff. The Spirit spreads the message of Jesus. And so I hope that encourages you. It certainly encourages me. When I think of people I'm praying for who are not yet believers, people in my family, people who live in the same block of flats as me, when I'm thinking about them and praying for them and wanting to share the good news of Jesus, it is a massive encouragement to me. That the spirit spreads the message of Jesus. It doesn't mean that I just put my feet up. And don't think about it. I pray and I look for opportunities. And I want to show them. What it means to know God through Jesus. But the spirit is at work. It's great good news. So. The spirit brings the presence of Jesus. The spirit spreads the message of Jesus. And thirdly. In verses 12 to 15, the Spirit completes the revelation of Jesus. I I love this bit. Look at verse 12, please. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Can you bear a little bit of grammar? I mean, I know that some people... Uh, allergic to grammar but I I think grammar is really exciting because I like languages but I mean you you speak English so you're into grammar too just look at the beginning of verse 13 it's just important Jesus says when he the spirit of truth comes now I need to explain the grammar of this the word spirit in Greek is an it word if you ever learnt any French, did any of you any learn any French or Spanish at school? Don't worry, I'm not going to test you. <laughs> but I mean, if you learnt French at school, you'll have learnt that a wall is, 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 a, is a he word. Le mur. You would have learnt that a door is a, a she word. La porte. My goodness, he's bringing the French teacher out in me. <laughs> And in some languages, there are also it words. Well, in the Greek language, the word spirit is an it word. So if, if this was correct grammar, the beginning of verse 13 should be, but when it, the spirit of truth comes. Because the spirit is an it word. But Jesus says, when he, the spirit of truth comes. He uses bad grammar. To make it very clear that the spirit is personal. Not to make sure, he's not saying the spirit is male. He's saying the spirit is personal. God the Holy Spirit is personal. But have a look and see what the spirit's going to do. He's going to complete the revelation of Jesus. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That is a staggering thing. Look at that word all. He will guide you into all the truth. He's saying this to the apostles. This is a promise to the apostles. It's actually a a promise to the apostles about what's going to happen when they start preaching and when they start writing the New Testament. And he says, the Holy Spirit, who I'm going to give you, he's going to guide you into all the truth. Just turn back one page and have a look at something in chapter 14. He says something very similar. Chapter 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That is not a promise to us. Because Jesus hasn't physically said anything to us. No, he's saying to the apostles, at the end of verse 26, the Holy Spirit will will remind you of everything I have said to you. Everything. I mean, just for a minute, try and get your head around that. It means when John was writing his gospel, he never thought, I'm not quite sure now what Jesus said about this, but it was something like this. This will do. The Holy Spirit helped the apostles and their friends to remember everything that Jesus had said. (sighs) That is staggering. And what Jesus is saying here in chapter 16 is the Spirit will complete the revelation of Jesus. I'll, I'll go on. Verse 14. I'm in chapter 16 again. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you all that belongs to the father is mine that is why i said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you do you notice the beginning of verse 14 the spirit will glorify me the spirit's going to complete my revelation he's going to complete the complete the job So that your preaching and so that your writing is going to be absolutely inspired, directed by the Holy Spirit. And he's going to glorify me. Imagine that this is a theater. And imagine it's nighttime. And imagine I'm not standing on the stage here, but as an actor standing on the stage here. And I'm sitting with you. And... It's completely dark in here, apart from one spotlight, which is up there. And the, there's someone behind the spotlight just sort of holding it, guiding it. And it's, it's directed absolutely on the actor who's standing here, so that everybody can see the actor. And when the actor moves over here, the person with the spotlight is, is doing this, just to make sure that er, all the time... We see the actor really clearly. It would be very strange, wouldn't it? If while this hap- was happening, I was in the front row and I was turning around and saying to everybody, you know that guy with the spotlight? He's doing such a wonderful job. So good. Look at how he's moving that spotlight. Very, very good. Thank you so much. It's not what he's there for. He wants us to be looking at the actor now that's what the holy spirit wants us to be doing with jesus he wants to glorify jesus the beginning of verse 14 it's very clear he will glorify me and he does that as we are as we embrace the revelation of jesus which we have in our bibles in the new testament but also in the old testament because the Spirit completes the, re- the, the revelation of Jesus. We can actually put that in the past tense now. He has completed the revelation of Jesus. We've got it. You've got it in your hands. But the astonishing thing is, the Spirit doesn't complete the revelation of Jesus and then leave us to get on with it on our own. He's living inside us. I say it again the spirit you received this is Romans chapter 8 verse 15 the spirit you received brought you the adoption to sonship by him we cry Abba father and verse 16 says the spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you're able to sit here this morning thinking, yeah, I know I'm a child of God. I'm part of God's family. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. That's because the Spirit is testifying with your spirit. Wow. So he's helping us. The Spirit is helping us to understand the revelation of Jesus. If you pick up your Bible tomorrow and you read something from your Bible, the Spirit wants to help you to understand. Because he wants to glorify Jesus. Oh, this is great good news. This is great good news any day of the week. This is great good news for Pentecost Sunday. Because that, that Holy Spirit who came that first Pentecost, he is here living in us who are trusters in Jesus. Can I just ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? What is he reminding you of? You may have learnt something new or you may be just thinking, well, no, I've heard all this before. But there may be one particular bit of what we've looked at. Look at those three headings. Which makes you think, wow, that's great. And be one of those three things, it'll be different for different ones of us. Which make your your heart sing and you think, wow, this is just good news. I really am glad I'm a Christian after all. Is it happening to you? Is the spirit at work? This is a great day to remember God's generosity in sending us the Spirit, to send the Spirit into our world and in sending the Spirit into our hearts because the Spirit brings the presence of Jesus, the Spirit spreads the message of Jesus, and the Spirit has completed the revelation of Jesus. Let's go into this week aware of the fact that the Spirit is living in us If we're trusters in Jesus. And can I just say. If you're not yet a Christian. But you think. Hey I think this stuff is true. I think it's true that I'm a sinner. I think it's true that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. This will be a great day. Pentecost Sunday. To open your heart up to the Holy Spirit. And to say to Jesus. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrection. Please forgive me. And make me into a Christian. Why don't you take that step today? Talk to me, talk to somebody else here. Talk to the person you came with. But let's go into this week trusting Jesus and aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit is here because our God is a generous God. Let's pray. Just have a very brief silence in which we can all make our own response. Remember those three things we looked at. The Spirit brings the presence of Jesus. The Spirit spreads the message of Jesus. The Spirit completes the revelation of Jesus. Why don't you just, in the silence, in your own heart, thank God for the Holy Spirit. And then I'll lead us in a short prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a generous God. Thank you for giving us physical life. Thank you for giving us, Jesus, your son. Thank you for giving us forgiveness through his cross and his resurrection. And now today we thank you especially for your great generosity in giving us your spirit. Thank you that so many of us in this room can thank you that the spirit is living in our hearts. We worship you. Thank you that the spirit Means that we can call you father. Thank you that the spirit is testifying with our spirits that we are your children. We worship you. And I pray for me and we pray for all of us. We pray for ourselves and the people next to us. That we may go into this week open to the Holy Spirit. Trusting that the spirit will lead us. Because all who are led by the Spirit are God's children. We pray all these things in the great and strong name of Jesus. Amen.